Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And on this quick shot of romance, we are reviewing Big Easy Temptation by Lexi Blake and Shayla Black. This is book three in the Perfect Gentleman series. Yes. Yes, it is. I do feel like we should call it a saga. 100%. Because the way that the story plays out, it's almost like a, a soap opera. It is a soap opera. It is a bonkersness. How awesome would this be if they sold it and made it like a TV show out of it, like a mini series? Well, I really think that it has like scandal vibes, like Olivia Pope scandal vibes. But I would love to see this in like a series. I don't know. Okay. So if you have not listened to an episode on Scandal Never Sleeps or seduction in session you will want to go back and listen to those we will have the episodes linked in our on the shelf show notes and we say this because we are spoiling things and we are talking about things that happened in those books um the perfect gentleman series is a five book series with an overarching storyline uh this review will discuss book three only this episode will contain spoilers for book one two and three and we are recording this before we have read book four. So you are getting our real-time feels on what, on just what this book and where we think the story is headed. But that's a lie because Becky has read book four. So Becky knows the things. Becky is rereading this series. And so maybe she's missed some nuances because it's been a few years. But Becky knows. And I Becky know. won't share. Here's the deal. Okay, so a couple of... Uh, community members because we're they're reading along with us sent me a message today and they're like could you imagine having to wait for this series to come out as they release them in real time and yes. you said yes yes i can yes i can imagine that That's i can true. also I, imagine i only have to wait a week i read these through my library so i didn't <laughs> even get them on release day i was sometimes like number 58 on a hold yes i Yes, I understand that I can understand and sympathize for your pain. But the fact that we don't need to wait is part of the problem. It's just going to make me ragey the more you all can. You know how much this. I hate a cliffhanger, though. I do. I do. I hate a cliffy. Okay, so um, you can find the synopsis on our on-the-shelf show notes. Let's just do the breakdown. Release date, May 3rd, 2016. Trope, second chance, close proximity, law enforcement, veteran, takes place in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. um, okay, just real quick about New Orleans. In the book, they leave the city and go out, and they talk about the reptile on the side of the road, the alligator. You totally, like, it's Lexi. Do you think it is Otis, the, the crocodile? Or I feel alligator? like it could be. He's an alligator. It Otis, the alligator. We should ask Lexi. We should ask her. It's an ode to Otis, or maybe the Bayou like beauty is the ode to this. Like it was Otis, but you didn't have. A I name just felt like we were going to Butterfly Bayou. Bayou. Butterfly Bayou books came after this, so yeah. it could be an ode to the reptiles along the road in this. It could. So the Perfect Gentleman series, uh, it's a series with an overarching storyline, so it absolutely has to be read in order. Oh um, yeah. 100%. You will miss like tons of stuff if you machete the crap out of this. Uh, third person, multi point of view, put out percentage was 30%. Audio narrator 
was Kalo Griffith. He did, did you do the audio for this one too? I did. He does book one, two, and three, and then book four and five is Greg Bordeaux. Okay. Which Greg Bordeaux does all of Max Walker's. Mm, and okay. so he has a, I mean, I think Kalo, uh, Kalo, Kalo, however you say his name. However, um, he does an amazing job. He does a great job with the women's voices. I think it works because it's in third person mm -hmm. and um, it just feels like you're having a story told to you. It's just really well done. Okay. I might have to check out an audio bit after I, I'll go back. After you go back. <laughs> to go back. Okay, All right, let's let's talk about the breakdown of this book. Let's start with the prologue. Mm -hmm. So we get the prologue. So the prologue is like they're at Zach and Joy's wedding, and Dax has like he had met Holland before like the wedding. He had this like insane connection and like attraction to her, but she wanted nothing to do with him. But he and she is attracted to him, but he is a like a playboy who doesn't really take anything seriously and not so much anymore, but like, that's the reputation of them, but they, they have a moment. They do. But we also, this also established how Holland plays into the friend group mm -hmm. without her being somebody's sister or yeah. somebody's coworker or somebody within the political offices. Well, and I like the fact that she was Joy's friend. So she's coming from the whole group from a different perspective. Like she's not coming from the perfect gentleman's side. Like she's not like a friend of Gus's who is Dax's sister. Like she is Joy's, one of Joy's friends. Right. And Joy is, for those that don't remember, Joy is the uh, president's wife. President uh, Zach Hayes's wife. Who, um, is, who was killed. Who was killed. And we learned she died in book one. Um, yeah. So then the book is actually split into two parts. So we get mm -hmm. prologue, part one, yes. and then part two. Mm -hmm. So part one takes place. But So before we get into how what part one is, how, did you mind how this was broken up? Because sometimes a broken timeline like this, because it's a three-year time span, mm -hmm. um, the wedding, it's with the wedding, I think it's actually a 10-year time span. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have wedding prologue, then we go to part one, and there's three years between the end of part one and the beginning of part two. No, I don't. Well, no, I don't think from the prologue it is from the, the time that it is nine. They've met nine years prior. So the wedding was not nine years ago. It was like somewhere in between. So it's like six years or something like that. Like there's no definitive like timeline on when the wedding is taking place, but like they had met nine years prior to but did you mind the timeline and how the book was no, broken up? i actually really like the way the book was broken up i don't mind i don't mind a flashback if it makes sense and is like utilized nice but the way that the book is structured there's i think six or seven chapters in part one and it deals with dax and holland coming together again after the wedding it's been a couple years um and the the progression of their relationship from when they start seeing each other till it blows up and i think and then you go into part two which is three years later i think having it broken up in these definitive chunks works really well i think that it would have been confusing and not as dynamic because 
the flashbacks, if they had done them in flashback form, they didn't really correlate to the story itself. Like a flashback for me, it needs to make sense and be tied to a moment in the story. Like they're having a dream or they're having um, like remembering, like something has occurred and it takes them back to a moment that like they've already experienced. But the way that the part one works, I don't think a flashback scenario would have made sense in this case. Yeah, I sometimes wonder in this first section here, and we're going to talk about that obviously first, I do feel like the attraction, the solidification Mm -hmm. of them being together and how quickly he was willing to move to the ending where he's like, you know, ready to give her his all. Mm -hmm. I wonder if some more flashbacks or other pieces in the prologue might have helped just strengthen the belief in that connection. I don't know, because the way the way that he talks like at the wedding, he talks about how attracted he is to her and how much like he has wanted to to take that next step. And it's like and I think that having that opening scene, the way that it they worked it, it it kind of allowed them to not extend that original like relationship farther so i do feel that this book and this is me guessing was more heavily lexi writing than Mm -hmm. shayla writing yeah i i would be interested to ask them like if they flip-flop the books or if they truly co-wrote the books because actually i just read one of lexi's new releases that's coming out and the the timeline is structured almost identically. Like yeah. it is the prologue and it's the prologue is happening in the present. There's part one, which is like an 18 month span. And then they go back to the present, but which is funny because I was talking to Becky the other day. I was like, yeah, I read this book. It's very similar like timeline. And I was like, what is that book? And then I looked, I was like, son of a bitch. It was a Lexi Blake book. Okay, well, let's but talk I, about part one. Let's, okay. we'll talk about part one because we don't, they don't want to listen to us get into the nitty gritty of- I know, but they do. <laughs> so let's start part one. Um, okay. It has been three years since Dax's dad committed suicide. Um, roughly, I don't. Um, it was no more than three. I can't remember if they gave a definitive timeline, but I think it's been about three years. So Dax's dad was an admiral in the navy. He mm-hmm. committed suicide after he was accused of being a having an affair with an underage, with a minor girl, mm-hmm. um, and that had been, you know, that he, she was, had sex, he raped her against yeah. her will, and she was a minor. Yeah. Um, he was accused of that, and then within, like, weeks of, a week of him being accused, he committed mm-hmm. suicide. Supposedly. And no one in the family believes that it's suicide. And right. his mother is very much a Southern lady, a well-to-do in New Orleans, and has become basically a shut-in with mm-hmm. her and the, the housekeeper. Um, and his sister, Gus, was the one who discovered the body. And there's all these small little nuances that they just don't believe that it was suicide. Well, and, and there's a lot of things that don't make sense to them. And this has brought uh, Dex back to New Orleans to ask Holland, 
who at this point now is an NCIS investigator. Mm-hmm. Um, with thick family ties to the New Orleans area, her uncle is a chief of police. Yeah. And um, so, you know, she's got like long ties in family or in New Orleans uh, police and investigation. Mm-hmm. And Dax is coming to her and saying, hey, would you please look at this case again? Will you please check this out and make sure that well, it is it's what it one is. of those one of those things too, where he has been basically berating and begging the captain of the NCIS division that she works in to look more into it because he does not think like he is constantly calling and like they talk about how big of him like an asshole he is and like how he won't stop calling because he he doesn't believe that it was a suicide. He thinks there's there was more to it. So let's talk about some of these characters that we meet in this first section. Mm-hmm. We do meet Dax's sister, Gus, Augustine. I love Gus. Spencer. I love Gus so much. Gus is a spitfire of chaos who has no qualms about using her sexuality to get what she wants. She's so badass. She is so badass. And she and Holland are friends. They are. Mm-hmm. Um. So well, we, and Holland has a good relationship with Gus's mom too, right? And then we also meet um, Holland's uncle Bo, mm-hmm. who is the chief of police. Yeah, and he gives Holland the Nola PD file. Yeah, for her to look at all of the um, evidence evidence that was mm-hmm. against Dax's dad. For him hiring this underage sex worker. Mm-hmm. And so it ends with Dax ready to propose. So part yeah. one ends with Dax ready to propose to Holland. They don't have any answers to whether or not it was suicide or if it was murder. But there have been some things happening, like behind the scenes that had like with Gus, like with Dax's family and Holland is contacted and basically is told that if she doesn't stop what she's doing, then Dax's family is going to suffer more. And so Dax finds out from Roman Roman, that's he's shady AF, people. Shady AF. We'll get your feelings on him at the end of the book, at the end of the episode. I just can't help it. So Roman drops like an atomic bomb on Dex. And they, he walks away. He walks away from Holland. He is not going to marry her. He's done. Cuts her out. Well, but she, she goes glacier too. She does. But that's for them to read. But Dax does something. Oh, yeah. He gets drunk and then marries her best friend. Marries her best friend, Olivia. No, Courtney. Okay, Courtney. I renamed her Olivia, so it's fine. Yeah. But, and then the prologue or the part two. It is three years later. All of this chaos from book one and book two have been happening. And Gus is going back to New Orleans. Well, not Gus. Dax. Dax Dax is going back to New Orleans. Gus does too eventually. But one of the things that they feel is is that 
they have uncovered all of these things. Mm-hmm. And Dex cannot continue to move on with the investigation. And there's a list. It's like a list of people yeah. that was found on in the evidence that was on Dex's dad's desk. Yeah. Or in his briefcase when he was arrested. Mm-hmm. And this list has some of these names that have popped up in book one and book two as to why people are targeting Zach, the president. Well, it's basically like a, an, a, there's a few names on this list that every single one of the person has died. And some of them have died under... Um, Mysterious. 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 I couldn't think think of that word. So as we come back to New Orleans, so Dex has said, okay, I have to go back to New Orleans. I've got to, we've got to solve this thing with my dad in order to know if that's a part of what was happening. Because there was this lawyer in New York that got murdered and had information about Dex's dad. Yes. And he was a Russian, he was a lawyer for the Russian mob. Mm -hmm. So... We walk back into the NCIS offices three years oh, later. He's such a he's such a dickhead. And come to find out, Holland was recently proposed to by Chad. With a flash mob. A flash mob in New Orleans. And, and she, she said no. But she's the nasty girl who's told him no. Like that's the headline. But the video went yeah. viral on YouTube. Uh-huh. Oh, it did. So funny. Um, I just, I felt bad for her so, because people like eviscerated her for no reason. Those first couple chapters of the second half were really great. There's a great line. Well, what happens is, is Dak spends the night, the very first night that he's back in New Orleans on Holland's couch. Which she's not happy about. She is not happy about it. But Chad, the ex, shows up at the doorstep the next morning. <laughs> and... He and Dex comes out of the shower just wearing a towel. Of course. And implies all sorts of things. And there's this really great line where Dex is like, How do you like your eggs? as she's trying to shuffle Chad out the door. Well, she's like trying like she won't didn't even like open the door really, but he like forced his way in. But yeah. He says and she's like, I like my eggs alone. She just wants everybody to leave her alone. She's just done. Like she's done with Dax because he said some really shitty stuff to her in the precinct. And like, she, like he hurt her feelings really bad because honestly, like all she did was try and protect him. And she, like, she may have went about it the wrong way, but like you, you know, like her heart was in the right place. And then Chad is just a douche nugget. Um, so there, there's some things that happen in this and they're shot out. There's a deep voice that calls out to them when they're being shot out by a sniper. You didn't know who the deep I, voice was? No, I didn't. It didn't. I I was surprised when that part came up. Interesting. Okay, so we also meet Peter Morgan, who was the admiral's assistant. Come to find out, he had a play in oh, a the lot. admiral being a set up. Play. Yes, so much because he was. It's so crazy because when they go to his like hideout, because he is like off the grid and hiding, like he basically talks about how much he hated the Admiral and like did these things, like did like set him up because he was such a jerk and a terrible person and cheated on his wife, but the wife knew like, but then he's like, but I miss him. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? Like, what is that? 
So one of the biggest things that we learn in this book, as far as the overarching plot goes, is that somehow Constant Hayes, who is Zach's mother, who allegedly has died in a drunk driving car accident in England. Yeah. Somehow she is connected. She knows to the web of who is Sergey, Natasha, Natalia, um, Natalia, and all the things. So you did not guess who the, who the deep voice was. I didn't. I did not. Did you like that surprise? I did. I like that surprise. We won't tell you that surprise. We'll leave some things, but honestly, I don't think that Constance Hayes was in an accident. I think she was murdered because there's a scene that's in the prologue after Dax and Holland kiss where his dad comes into the library that they are and Constance comes in and is like yelling about like granted she's drunk, but she often was from what like you understand in the books talking about how like they're going to find out that like she can't say anything and like she's ranting and they feel like it's just drunken ramblings, but I don't think it is. And I think that she was murdered. Okay. So that is where we are at the end of that book. We have to ask some follow-up questions going into book four. Should we talk about what happens at Peter Morgan's house or leave that up? No, we'll leave that to them to read. There's some, some big, some big reveals there. It's action-packed. Well, Carrie guessed it, though. Carrie did guess it. I will say that. She totally guessed it. Okay. So let's talk about the Sergei game. Okay. I still think that Zach is Sergei. Like, I don't think that he is this half-brother that they're, like, claiming him to be, because that is, like, one of the conspiracies that they come up with, that he's the half-brother. I don't think he's a half-brother. I think he is Sergei. Okay. And because as the villain of this book is dying he breathes some words to holland and says this is sergey's game and the old man it's been going on for decades who's the old man is that zach's dad it might be i and honestly like i know this is gonna sound crazy but i don't i think that his dad is like the tipping point of a lot of this like a lot of this stuff that's going on and i I wonder if he is really not sick. And at the end of like in Zach's book, like I think that it's going to like come out that he does not have Alzheimer's. He's been faking and he is like the tipping point of like all these things that have been happening. And he like killed Zach's supposed mom. Okay. Not next. He is gone next level. Okay, so okay, what's your Maddox? Board, what's your Maddox status at this point? Because we Maddox is still alive. Like he is still alive. I'm not. I'm not veering from that because I don't like. There was nothing really like Maddox heavy in this book. There was not. Like it de- de- like dealt with Dax's dad, some constant. Although stuff I and... did love in part one where Maddox comes out on the porch because he's already at Dax's mom's house. Oh. And says how he brought, well, but also like how he brought Holland to the wedding and Dax like flips out. Yeah. And he's like, calm down. I just gave her a ride. (laughs) Because it's the one time like Maddox does not like sleep with somebody. Well, I do. I did have a text from, I did have a text from Carrie. I think it was that like, does Maddox sleep with everybody's sister? Well, sisters. Yes. (laughs) But not not Holland because Holland basically said he's like disease ridden and she would never touch his dick. Yep. <clears throat> but no, so I don't think 
wait, what, what did she, oh, I do wonder though. So I'm going back to book two and all these conspiracies, but I wonder like why they waited until they met with Nada, like the nanny who I think is Zach's actual bio mom. Why did they wait until they met with her before they killed her? Do we find that out? You don't, you're, she's given me nothing people. Anyway. Okay. So follow along. We'll be back in a three episodes with smoke in sin which is roman and gus's book i'm so excited and we are headed to england listen roman is shady af people do you think that he's involved in this do you think he works for the russian i think roman is indirectly involved and doesn't realize he's involved do you think think gus is no because gus doesn't have a filter okay i will warn you i expect to matt I imagine that I will be getting a lot of what the fuck texts from Leah as she reads Smoke and Sin. Smoke and Sin drops a lot of bombs. A lot. (sighs) Anyway, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this quick shot of romance. Until next time. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.